I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Today we're going to talk about seven of our favorite piano solos. And are we going to do seven each or we're going to do seven total? Oh, seven each would be awesome, but I don't think people have enough time on their commute to work. That's right. 14 different piano solos. Short attention span podcast listeners. That's how we do it. All right. Uh, we're going to start out with, and look, this, is, this goes beyond highly subjective. This oh, should man. be titled Seven Highly Subjective um, Favorite Piano Solos. That we've thought of in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, but I mean favorite. That's, that's always fun. So yeah. I'm going to go with number one. Uh, Art Tatum, Willow Weep for Me. You're going to go out on a limb there? I'm going to go out on a limb with that sad (laughs) solo. No, but I'll tell you why it's my favorite. I don't even know that it's the greatest, although who cares? Maybe it is. But it's from a record called Piano Starts Here, or that's the recording that I heard, the LP that I heard. Right, there's like six different versions. And I think it probably was a re-release. Just I'm thinking back to the LP that my father had, and he used to like that record a lot. It was kind of always in in our house, but when I started getting into jazz and, and listened to that, that particular track really, that introduction just was like magical to me like the the modernness of it yeah. and um and and then the way the way he goes through the whole tune i love it so that's probably my favorite piano solo solo piano ever probably the greatest jazz pianist of all time would you say Artatum? i mean how can you he's i he's all right he's all right so I'm going to go with, I'm going to kick my list off with uh, pure pyrotechnics of Oscar Peterson playing How High the Moon on the live at the Stratford Shakespearean Festival. This is with uh, the Oscar Peterson trio of Ray Brown and Herb Ellis on guitar. This is an unbelievable solo. He goes into double time with block chords at, at one point, and I remember the first time I heard it, I thought... Well, that's just not physically possible to do. And the entire time, even when he's double-timing these thick block chords, he makes it swing so hard that it's hard not to get super amped. Every time, I mean, I've heard it a million times. I've, I still get amped every time I listen to it. One of my all-time favorite piano solos. I think that's a key for any kind of like favorite solo. It's something that... You hear it yesterday, today, tomorrow, till the day you die. Every time it's like, yes, you're yes. never going to get tired totally. of it. Okay. So for that, I'll go with a real sentimental favorite of mine, like the Artatum, but again, one that, you know, listen to, you know, probably every month, if not several times a month for the last, whatever, 30 years since it came out. That's Kenny Kirkland's solo on Frisinian Man mm. on Wynton Marsalis's Black Coats from the Underground. So that was 1985. Mm. So that's... That's 30 years, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Kenny's playing. I mean, that, you know, he really, he really sort of just opened the door to another era of playing jazz piano. And, like, you could almost feel it. Maybe I'm projecting back a little bit. But the way it worked out was, like, he influenced so many pianists after that point, And he, for, you know, for sure is influenced by Herbie very much, who was still playing then, still yeah. playing now. But, like, Kenny was sort of the first one that came along with taking that Herbie influence, but then putting his thing on it, and then immediately influencing young pianists of his generation, you know? Um, and, but mainly just, I love the way that's, that the piano sounds. I love how he's swinging on there. I love the way he's interacting. Thematic, and you know, I mean, I can, I can still feel and hear the whole soul. And then every time it comes on, 
it's like I know every note that's yeah. coming, but it's like the first time he played it. I love Kenny Kirkman so much, man. Defined that generation of piano players. Had a unique sound from the the get-go. I mean, that's really hard to do. And it, 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 unbelievable solo. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, my second one. Of, uh, I'm going to go with Bill Evans' solo on Beautiful Love from the Explorations album. Now, I say solo, but really Bill's entire performance on this, the way he plays the melody is so unique. You know, at a certain point he does these triads up a melodic minor scale that are so smooth and they're so Bill Evansy. I don't know, the whole solo, it's like a, it's like a, such a, a quintessential Bill Evans solo. That it's a I, Bill Evans tour de force. It Can is a Bill that? Evans, no, I mean he does, he, he goes through all the hits. He does the comping, you know, <laughs> yeah, the eighth yeah. notes along with right. it. But it's so well done. It's so beautifully melodic and, you know, it's got all that melancholy and the sound and the touch that you want from Bill Evans. One of my all-time favorites. Nice, nice. All right, next I'm going to go with a, an, an, an oldie but a goodie. That's Wynton Kelly's solo on Freddie Freeloader. Oh, you I'm, like that one. I like that solo, yeah, you know. Like and, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, obvious choice, you know, put a blindfold on and throw throw a dart at a great solo <laughs> it's going to land on this but i think there's a reason for that but, there is you yeah. know and for me I, I actually went a fair amount of time not listening to it like longer than some of these other solos not just just because i didn't want to it's just for whatever reason and then i came back to it you know working on the transcription and that project and stuff and it just reignited in me what depth and beauty and simplicity there is in that solo and it's such a favorite for me because i I both simultaneously learn so much from it, learned so much and continue to, but also just enjoy it so much. So I love those kind of things that are like, you get so many specific tangible things to apply to your playing and it just sounds so good. You know? Totally, and this is a great win, I guess we call that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a great example of what you were talking about. I mean, how many times have you heard this? At, you know, it's on in restaurants and every jazz club you walk into. Yep. And even though you know exactly what's going to happen in every note and every sound, it's still such a joy to listen to this solo. It feels so great. It's so well done. Um, so my next entry into this very subjective list is Herbie Hancock's solo in Actual Proof mm. from the Thrust record. This is during his Headhunters era. Um, in the mid-70s, and this is, I think, the greatest Fender Rhodes solo I can think of. Mm. Besides, well, there's some Chick Corea ones that are really, really good. Uh, maybe that's a whole other list, seven of our favorite Chick Corea solos. <laughs> no, but this solo, I mean, it's an iconic solo from an iconic record thrust, and if you haven't heard him play this, I mean, I think I saw a chart of, uh, like, a transcription of this once, and it just, you're just like, how does he get so much out of so little? And it's, a, it's, it's so wonderful. That inspired. Song. It's really inspired. Inspired playing. That whole band at that, on that recording, it's amazing. Yep. All right, well, I think we're at number seven, and so I'm going to go, and I'll just say that, yeah, we're being highly subjective, but, but what we said and what we're going to title this, seven of our favorite piano solos. We're not saying seven greatest solos or our only favorites. These are just seven amongst them. We could do future episodes where we say seven more of our favorite piano solos. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're hedging a little bit for sure, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you just mentioned Chick Corea and I realized we didn't have a Chick Corea solo. Um, What's up, Chick? Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna go for number seven with Oscar Peterson on Tin Tin Dale. Oh, man. And, and I, shame on me now, I'm forgetting the, the album that it's on, but I mean, I can, I remember the exact solo and, and part of the thing that I think is so great about this solo, this is not like, you know, the, the How High the Moon that you mentioned where he's just going crazy technically and swing-wise. I mean, he's swinging hard, but it's, this is a more 
laid back and restrained solo for Oscar Peterson. But there's a moment when they go from that groove into the swing, and it's as much Ray Brown and Ed, Ed Thigpen as it is Oscar, but they, they go immediately into a swing that is so hard and precise and, and just beautiful that I always use that as an example when students ask, how do you swing? I say, listen to that, and I give them the exact time in the solo which I'm not organized enough to have in my mind right now, but you'll, you'll hear it when you get there. But it just goes to just instant. It's like you flipped a switch and all the lights just came on. And, and I mean, I never get enough of that. Now, I remember we were sitting around talking about the most swinging moments in recorded music history. Yeah. And that moment won for yeah. all the things we put up. That has... It's I a, mean, we had a scientific test we did, actually. We, I think we did. That, that, that was science. That wasn't just what we thought. Yeah, you don't have to believe us. That is scientifically <laughs> the most swinging moment in jazz history. I forget. It's like at, at like uh, four... Like four minutes and 15 seconds or something. Four minutes and three seconds or something like that. Yeah, it's like right when he goes, it's, it's during the piano solo, he's staying on the groove, and then when he goes to the bridge, and they first go into the swing on the solo. Um, and, but I, I mean, I think it's like, it's not like, oh, that's the hardest he ever swung. He swung like that every night. I every, know, right? But it was just the way it was set up within the arrangement and the way he was playing real restrained before that. And then, and it's effortless too. It's not like, like, a, like, a, like a really, I said hard swing. I mean, yeah. it's actually kind of restrained. They're just like, it's an effortless yet hard swing. Scientifically proven. Hey, if you go check it out, you will hear it. With that and all these, you'll hear it. Um, and if you like this episode, please leave us a rating. Uh, we really, really appreciate... Six stars. Six stars. No, that's not an option, Peter. Okay. We really appreciate... <laughs> five? Five would yeah. be best, okay. obviously. Uh, no, we, we are loving this It's up this to community. you, though. Five, 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 five. <laughs> Subliminal message. We're loving, uh, we're loving this daily podcast, loving getting all the feedback from you. So leave a comment or a rating, and you'll hear it. That's it for today's episode of You'll Hear It. We'll be back tomorrow, but if you need more information, you can go to youllhearit.com.